Did you hear something? No. Hmm. Did I? I don't know. Hey, hey, boys and girls, it's Simpsons time. Today I'm going to talk about episode number 186, Lisa the Skeptic. Anyone remember this one? The Heavenly Hills Mall? The Angel Bones? Uh, This was written by David S. Cohen. Um, And I think that it's notable that David S. Cohen is a big wig at Futurama. Uh, because I think that this plot would not be out of place in the world of Futurama. Um, it discusses issues of faith versus science that uh, Futurama is always very comfortable with. Um, in fact, there was a really great Futurama episode about evolution um, where they get stuck on a planet um with absolutely no life and they create life um, by releasing microscopic robots that evolve very rapidly. Um, anyway, it's a, in the world of the Simpsons, it's necessarily toned down a lot more, Um, but it is still, very uh, recognizable as something that happens in real life um, elevated just slightly for for the world of Simpsons if that makes any sense for Futurama in other words it would be uh, way overblown and and carried way over the top Um, but for Simpsons it's carried just just a little bit a little bit outside of what we would expect in real life. A little bit exaggerated. Um, and this is not about evolution, of course. It's about the existence or non-existence of uh, the supernatural. Which I guess, you know, evolution is... The, the people who don't like evolution... Do support. Um, and it's, you know, it's a pretty good episode. It's, it's a strong plot. And uh, it is a very good example of Elisa following her conscience episode. Elisa being the strong moral compass of the show when nobody else can be. But what's especially remarkable about it is that uh, the conflict here is between Lisa and Marge, 
who usually are such allies and, you know, like pretty much like each other. Lisa comes to kind of hurt Marge's feelings, you know, by saying that nobody smart could ever believe in angels. And Marge has to reveal to her that, well, you know, her own mother might. So you better watch your mouth. I really like the beginning of this, uh, where Homer goes to the police station because they say that he's going to be given a boat. Uh, but instead, they make him pay his back parking tickets and all of the other quote-unquote scoff laws in Springfield are similarly being taken in by this boat scam. And I really like uh, when they're explaining that in front of the police station and, and Eddie goes, I'd say their hook is baited or something like that. And, and Lou's like, oh, nice metaphor, Eddie. And Wickham goes, yeah, yeah, good work, Eddie. <laughs> like, they're so pleased with themselves that they have done this. This stupid scheme. But it does work. And it sort of is not apropos of the episode at all. It's just squeezed in there in the very beginning. Uh, and it's when they're driving back from the station with no boat uh, that they notice that the Heavenly Hills Mall is um, about to be erected. They see the construction signs, you know, coming soon, this mall. Lisa gets upset because she sees that they are building on uh, an archaeological site. And she wants uh, an archaeological survey to be done just to make sure that there are no fossils still hanging out there left to be found uh, before they actually break ground on the mall. Um, And uh, she pulls some strings to get Skinner to make the school do it. He owes her a favor. Uh, so he punishes all the detention kids by putting them in orange jumpsuits. Again, with the orange jumpsuits. Um... and, you know, making them wield pickaxes, etc. And in the very same breath, he rewards the honor students by making them do the same thing, because, of course, for them it's fun. And on this dig, which seems very arduous, I mean, they're really, the kids are, like, falling asleep and very frustrated not having found anything but at the very end of the day Lisa finds a skeleton a human skeleton with what appear to be wings 
And so there is a great mystery surrounding it because people think that it's an angel skeleton, which doesn't make any sense. But, uh, you know, because if you believe in angels, you believe that they are the spirits of dead people. They don't themselves die, right? But anyway, it's very intriguing, and people fall for it, hook, line, and sinker. It is revealed later, of course, to just be a publicity stunt. It is not at all real, but everyone in town except for Lisa believes in it entirely. Uh, except for scientist, renowned biologist, uh, and paleontologist Stephen Jay Gould, who is the guest voice. So just him and Lisa are the two people who disbelieve. Um, Homer steals the bones, the, you know, the entire skeleton embedded in rock, and puts a shrine in the garage with, like, Christmas lights all around it and fuzzy dice right above it, <laughs> which I think is a wonderful touch. And charges people admission to see the sacred angel bones. Which is completely terrible and sacrilegious, you know. Not to mention dumb of him to believe in it. Uh... But Lisa, you know, is Lisa never, ever, ever loses her conviction, except for in the very last moment, which I'll get to. Um, and while she's just going around so mad, she chips off a little toe of the angel bone and brings it to Professor Gould for analysis. He says, the tests are inconclusive. So the mystery persists. Uh, by the way, there is a beautiful um, rendering of the Museum of Natural History, the one in New York, with the blue whale on the ceiling and everything. That is where she goes to visit him. That made me feel very, like, happy and nostalgic because my mom used to take me there a lot when I was a little kid. So, you know, while all this hubbub is going on, you know, I guess Homer and Lisa on totally opposite ends of the... understanding of the angel. I mean, it's like Homer doesn't care if it's real or not. He's just profiting from it. And Lisa really, really, really cares that it's not real. Uh, the angel disappears. And everyone is completely consternated. Nobody knows, you know, who stole it. And the entire town ends up in court 
But while they're all in court, you know, trying to decide what the hell happened and who is guilty, the angel appears out the window. This time bearing the little uh, inscribed legend, the end will come at sundown. So everyone, you know, clusters around the angel the entire day. No, that's not true. Uh, people go off about their business to, like, prepare for the rapture. Marge dresses the kids up in nice clothes. Uh, Skinner and Mrs. Krabappel have a whole romantic moment. And Skinner says that he will romp in the earth, the Garden of Earthly Delights with her as soon as he's done uh, finishing up the tardy slips, which is appropriate, you know, for him to be doing on his last day on Earth. I like Marge's line, you might say we're going to the best steakhouse in the entire world. When Bart asks, why are we getting dressed up? Are we going to Black Angus? Um, so then they all cluster around, you know, when the sun is actually going down. And there's all this, you know, stuff that people do when the world is ending. Smithers kisses Burns. Patty and Selma snub out their cigarettes and they go, we finally beat cancer. Um, and the sun goes down and nothing happens. So everyone is like really relieved. But then there is uh, a big booming voice of the angel saying, you know, for everyone to be silent And prepare for the end. And of course, that is when it is revealed that the entire thing was a publicity stunt by the maker, the uh, builders of the Heavenly Hills Mall. Because they say, prepare for the end of high prices. And it's very funny, the, the angel is borne along on like a little zip line and ends up as the... Uh, symbolic, you know, logo on the on the very front of the mall, like at the entrance, and it gets caught in a tree, and you know, some PA has to go up with a broom and knock it loose before it comes to its final resting place. And the person speaking is, is that guy on a loudspeaker. Did I explain who that guy was? In the very beginning, um, when Lisa goes to contest the building of the mall, there is a guy who's in charge. Who has like a whispered conversation with his co-worker. Finally allowing her to do the dig. 
Uh, and by the way, in that scene, that earlier scene, Lionel Hutz is also in it. He says that Lisa has a case. He taps his briefcase, and the briefcase falls open, revealing a sandwich and an apple core. <laughs> and that's the only thing that's in his briefcase. It's a pretty good, uh, I don't want to say throwaway use of Lionel Hutz, but it's a good example of how Lionel Hutz is so adaptable. And you can really just plug him into to any scene that needs legal help or legal counsel. And that's the entire show. It is as, I don't know, I guess I've been saying all along, a pretty simple show. Um, the big spectacle of, you know, these questionable bones existing is enough to drive the entire plot forward. And there aren't too many, you know, uh, fanciful cutaways or dream sequences, although there is that good um, Neanderthal looking like Homer in Lisa's imagination who gets whose arms get bitten off by two giant swordfish and that's her possible explanation for why they look like wings um, but what does the work of a lot of that is uh the very many, you know, mob shots and crowd shots. There's, um, everyone loves the Simpsons mob scene, and there is one when, uh, uh, the townspeople riot and they try to destroy all of the scientific institutions in town. shortly after the angel goes missing. And it definitely has the flavor of Inherit the Wind. Um, and so does that Futurama episode that, that I referred to. And that is what they were going for. And apparently in the beginning, in the first draft of uh, the script, it was like a missing link skeleton that, that Lisa, in fact, found. But who cares about that, right? It's, that's not what it ended up being. And I think it is much better for, for uh, being what it is. The issue of faith versus faith in science is, uh, I think, treated very sensitively. And I really like that it is Marge versus Lisa. showing that somebody intelligent and, uh, you know, like a smart, thoughtful person like Marge could, in fact, you know, 
have have angels on the brain. <laughs> and indeed, as I uh, hinted at, the very, very end when the angel is appearing to speak and say, prepare for the end, um, there are a couple of shots of Lisa being extremely scared and like clinging to Marge. This has been Simpsons Time. Thank you for listening. He ain't no angel. Was I proud of choosing that outro song? He ain't no angel by the ad libs. This has been Simpsons Time through the Debakulator. I'm Amanda Nazario, still annoyed by the decision by the Simpsons to fire Alf Clausen, and I hope you are too. See my angel. It's my angel. No one else's. As always, thank you, thank you for listening to Simpsons Time Through the Debakulator this week. I'll be back next week with more frivolity. And uh, get in touch, please, if you would like me to come to your college and lecture about the Simpsons. Do you see how hard I work? Talk to you later. Bye.